Well, good morning. As I'm here the, the, before you this morning, I'm recording this on, on a Wednesday afternoon, and it's a beautiful day. It's a day that lifts your spirits and helps you feel joyful, which is good, because uh, joy is what we're talking about today. But I've got a question for you, and I've realised when we're online, we can save a bit of time here. I can ask you a question. You can press pause. And then you can, you know, come back to me once you've answered the question, which is great. Question for this, this morning is, why are you joyful? Or the opposite, why are you not joyful? So if you're on your own, just press pause for a second and mull that over. If you're with somebody else, maybe have a discussion about that question. Why are you joyful? Why are you not joyful? So. As you may be aware, we're looking at the, the fruit of the Spirit uh, over these next couple of months. And uh, we had a, the overarching, you know, set up by, by Mark a couple weeks ago. And then Steve spoke about, about love uh, last Sunday. And today we're, we're looking at joy. The, the Greek word for joy is the word kara, lovely name, girl's name. Also where we get the word, not surprisingly, charismatic. <clears throat> And the word kara is, is sometimes translated as as gladness or delight, but, but mainly joy. But we get the idea. <clears throat> the idea of joy is about delight, gladness, just great feelings of, you know, of, of splendidness. And so the consequences of living a life close to God, the fruit of the spirit, you know, of God being revealed in itself in us, is that we'll be joyful. We shouldn't be surprised at that, should we? We shouldn't be surprised that the consequence of living a life close to God is joy. Now, I want you to understand that this is not a character trait. It's not that some people are born joyful and some aren't. This is not like, oh, that's just not me. I'm just not a joyful person. You know, that's just not who I am. No, I'm sorry. We don't get that option as, as Christians. <clears throat> you know, understand if you're saying I'm just not a joyful person, really what you're saying is I'm just not close to God. I've got nothing of the spirit in me, which is not a line I would suggest we want to go down. We wouldn't say, oh, I'm just not a loving person. Love in me is just something that don't go on. I don't have love in me. You know, love is a fruit of the spirit just as joy. A life close to God will produce in you a joyful person, a person filled with joy, a joyful life. <clears throat> you know, I, I read a quote and it said this, if you have no joy, there's a leak in your Christianity somewhere. If you have no joy, there's a leak in your Christianity somewhere. Now, this is actually exciting because what it means is we all have the opportunity to live a joyful life. No matter your current set of circumstances, joy is there for us. Now, you may already be a, be a person who lives a life filled with joy, and that is wonderful. And the way to keep that going is to remain close to God. But let me point out here that, that joy is different from happiness. Happiness is circumstantial. Happiness can come and go depending on what's happening short term in our lives. But joy is a state of being. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't be happy. Christians 
I've got lots of reasons to be happy. And happiness should be a character trait in our lives. But joy, I suppose you may say, is a bit deeper than that. We can't always be happy, but we can be joyful. But, you know, in the Bible, it seems to be that there's another level than just being joyful. The Bible uses this word great joy quite a lot. In, a, in our reading in First Peter chapter 1, it mentions it in verse 6 and in verse 8 as well. And you can stop and read that again yourself to save some time. Uh, it also mentions it in Acts chapter 8, for example. Acts chapter 8 is when <coughs> Philip <coughs> goes to Samaria. And in verse 8 we're told that there's, there's great joy in the city. Not just joy, great joy. And it seems to me that, that, that some people who are living with God have this opportunity for great joy, which is wonderful. You know, I, I think sometimes great joy can be a little bit uh, contagious, maybe. Is that the word to use? Contagious? I, I remember being at New Wine at the Christian conference once, and we had this fire tunnel where people were, were been walk, walking through and uh, being prayed for. And as they've been prayed for, there was a lot of happiness. There's a lot of cheering. There's a lot of laughing. But I was given the responsibility to uh, drag people out of the, the tunnel when they were falling over and being slayed in the spirit and causing a pile up in this, in this prayer tunnel, in this fire tunnel. And I was going into this prayer tunnel with like 15 people on either side praying for people coming through. And I found I couldn't help laughing my head off. I was just having so much joy. In fact, I found that I couldn't walk and I was dragging people out on my knees, dragging them out. It was so funny, but it was so joyful. I remember being at another occasion with Phil Porter and a few others of us, but it was Phil who was involved in this situation. And if you don't know, Phil's one of the guys from our church. And we were at a thing called Schloss Fest, believe it or not. It was a weekend of, of just having great fun with the Holy Spirit. And one of our mutual friends there, more Phil's friend than mine, another guy called Phil, was just touched by the Holy Spirit. And he was laughing his head off and then having great joy. But he was also in the band and he was a drummer. And he was trying to make his way to the platform to play the drums. But Phil just kept on touching him. And he would fall over in fits of laughter and Phil was having fits of laughter. And everybody was just in a place of great joy. You know, I kind of call that collateral blessing, collateral joy. You know, it wasn't really you know, directed at me, but I just got the benefit of it. But great joy seems to be a wonderful part of Christianity. In Acts chapter 3, we read about the, the lame man who was healed by Peter and John. And it said he went walking and leaping and praising God. That's a great sight to imagine. You know, great joy is something I think we should try and aspire to as many times as possible in a life. But I'm aware this morning that some people, because of their uh, present circumstances or past circumstances, may be going through a time of sorrow. You know, life may not be great now. They may be coping with sorrow because of bereavement because of loss of job because of what's happened in the, in the covid uh, pandemic over the past year and i'm not saying all this 
that Christians shouldn't grieve or shouldn't even be, be sad. In fact, we're told in the Bible to grieve with those who grieve. We need to be real. We need to live in the real world. And we need to be able to understand our pain we're going through and sympathise and empathise with other people's pain. But what I'm saying is, is that although we may visit these places, that's not where we live. It's not our ongoing state of being. I want to encourage you this morning to choose joy. Steve mentioned last week that, that love is an act of will. Well, in, in that respect, in many ways, not quite the same, but in many ways, joys as well. We can choose to be joyful people. Richard Foster said this, joy, not grit, is the hallmark of holy obedience. We need to be lighthearted in what we do to avoid taking ourselves too seriously. It's a joyful revolt against self and pride. Our lives should be depicted by joy, by happiness. I am saying, choose joy. The Reader's Digest little section, it used to say, laughter. It was a section of Reader's Digest, that old book, I don't know come across it. Uh, it used to be a, a monthly thing you could buy. And it, and it said that it was, it was laughter was a cure for, 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 a, for a, or laughter was a good medicine. And, and in many respects, they're right. That the, 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 an attribute of laughter, of joy, of happiness can just lift the spirit. But on that point, what, what can help us in this journey of joy? Well, in the Bible, it's a really strange thing. And it is strange. I'm not going to come up with all the answers here. But if you read 1 Peter, you know, that we just read this morning and look at verses 4 and 6 or John 16, verse 20 or Romans 5, verse 3 and 4, or James verse 1, sorry, James chapter 1, verse 2. Read them in your own time. It would seem to be that sorrow enlarges our capacity for joy, or hardship, or suffering, to use other words that are related to that. That there's something about joy which has a transcendent quality, that, and that somehow... That during these low parts in, in your life, that joy transcends it. It's not surprising because joy is an attribute of, of God. And it's not surprising if we are people that are living close to God, that in these tough times, that joy can grow even more. Can be, you know, even more uh, a powerful source than it is normally. What else can help us with joy? Well, once again, just for time, I'm going to read a few verses and you can stop now and listen to the verses and then click back on again. But hope and joy are quite closely mixed. If you read Romans chapter 15, verse 13, it will show us that, 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 that hope derives from joy and joy derives from, from hope. And that we as Christians should be hopeful slash joyful people. And if we are hopeful people, we're more likely to be joyful people. You know, all different characters are allowed in Christianity and in life in general. We can be introverts, we can be extroverts, we can be anything in between. But as Christians, you know, we should be optimists, people of hope and joy. A pessimistic Christian is a really sad thing to see. You know, we are people of hope, 
and people of joy. Other people can also bring us joy. You know, if we read 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 9, Paul tells us that, that you know, that, that the, the uh, joy uh, of, of looking at, at the church of Thessalonica, you know, that it swells up in him. And we know that. We know if you've got children or grandchildren or whatever it may be, or just, just friends, that, that we can feel joyful just being, uh, being, being with them. But also, joy in others can give us joy. We're told that in Romans chapter 12 and verse 15. And when I think of that, I always think of a of a Sean Verhey. I don't know how many of you know Sean Verhey. He used to be part of Christchurch, and he's a England minister now. But he's probably the most joyful person that I, I know. And just being in his presence, you can't help but feel joyful. It's, it's contagious. And, and, and that's a, a great way of helping you live a joyful life. Be with people who are joyful. Don't be with people who are miserable. You know, that will not help you on your journey. And we can see from these two things I've mentioned there that living as part of a Christian community would seem to help us live a life of joy. Finally, you know, this quote that we, we, we hear a lot of is the joy of the Lord is our strength. And Mother Teresa said, joy is strength. So it's quite deep that joy is strength. But the joy of the Lord is also our strength. It's the joy of the Lord that gives us joy, which can make us strong. Do you want to be a person uh, who copes? A person of strong character? A strong person? Well, stick close to God and allow his joy to be your strength. That's the kind of person that the world needs in a crisis. That's the kind of person that we turn to. People that don't crumble. People who are strong. In fact, forget in a crisis. Just joyful people are the good people to be around. It's when things are going well. You know, seek out joyful people. So let's go for it. A joyful life. Let's make that decision. Thank you.